the unsweetened truth, where we don't sugarcoat anything. This podcast is for the business owners, entrepreneurs, truth seekers, the rufflers of the feathers, the risk takers, and major decision makers with some amazing stories. Well, let's get sharing. Unsweetened Truth. Today, I have Mr. Seth Hughes from Maori Construction. Seth, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Kristen. You're so, you're so welcome. So if for anybody that doesn't know who Seth Hughes is, he is the Chief Operating Officer at Maori Construction based out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Seth, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about what you do there? Uh, yeah, so as the Chief Operating Officer, I pretty much oversee pre-construction and construction, um, which is... Uh, uh, outside of ancillary or supporting departments, that's primarily what we do. We set up construction jobs and then we execute them. So I'm in charge of that. You're in charge of all of that. Great. So typically for all of you, I know you know Bill Sutton. So Seth Hughes is the Bill Sutton behind the scenes. At least that's what I like to call him. And so what we're going to be talking about today is just construction in general. Seth Hughes has been in construction for a long time. It sounds like you've been in construction since you were 15. Is that right? True story. True story. Okay, <laughs> perfect. So I guess tell us a little bit about that. What you what was maybe your first job in construction? And it's kind of amazing how you got to where you're at now. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so construction is, I think it's in my genetics. Uh, my All of my family members, I have uncles and grandfathers and father and uh, so many people in my family that are in construction in some capacity or another. And, um, you know, I can remember being even before 15, uh, you know, as a, as a young kid, my dad would be doing, you know, shingle jobs or framing jobs. And I was picking up, you know, scraps and organizing and throwing out, you know, as, as an eight year old for, a you know, a, a chocolate milk and a donut, you know, at, at, at the end of the day. Um, but my first official job, uh, I, I got when I was 15, right before I uh, turned 16 with a commercial company called East Coast Contracting out of New Cumberland. They're still there today. Uh, they do primarily public sector, um, a lot of schoolwork, pu public sector commercial. And I, uh, I got a job there. Um, working, you know, summers and breaks as a laborer, primarily on the demo crew. So my uh, my construct my official construction career started uh, at the very bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> so spent about um, I guess nine years, give or take, with them. So worked with them all through, um, you know, summers and and breaks through high school, through college. And uh, immediately after college, I, I, I tried to pursue what I went to college for, for about, uh, I don't know, a month and decided I make more money at, uh, doing construction. So I went right back to that. Um, so I went back to for? East Coast. Huh? What'd you go to college for? Uh, I graduated from Penn State uh, in recreation and park management. So I with an emphasis on arena management. So okay. when I, my, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a music uh, connoisseur. I love 
all types of music. So I, I, then my dream job would have been being like the director of like the giant stadium so that I could, you know, uh, book the events and meet the, you know, the musicians and, and all of that. Um, but it, you know, when you're young and in college and 18, you, you don't really kind of have the clarity that there's like, how many giant stadiums are there around here? Yeah. <laughs> One. Or how am I going to make money? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yeah, there, there's a, wasn't a high likelihood that I was going to get that position anytime soon. So I had taken a, out of college, I had taken a position uh, at Kings Gap uh, State Park. Okay. Worked there for about, yeah, like a month or so and just wasn't, uh, wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I thought, well, while I'm thinking about what I do want to do, I'm going to go back to construction where the money was good and, and I knew, um, knew the ropes. So I went back to East Coast and um, being there full time, I, I quickly jumped into a foreman role and then I was actually running, running some jobs for them uh, kind of low key and decided, you know what, I can do this myself. I'm just going to start my own construction company. So that's what I did at 23. And, and in 2003, I started uh, Hughes Contracting and uh, ran that for about 10 years. I started out just really being a subcontractor, a framing subcontractor. And then eventually I was doing commercial work, uh, public work, um, uh, all over the, actually all over the Eastern uh, side of the nation. I, I had done restaurants as far North as Boston and as far South as Pensacola, Florida. So um, we were all over the place building restaurants, um, some re residential work too, new houses, remodels, additions. Um, so did that for about 10 years and, um, you know, the recession hit, things got a little tight. I had uh, two toddlers in an infinite home and the miss Mrs. Hughes said, you know what, I'm kind of sick of this. I'd like you to be home all the time and, uh, and um, have something a little more stable. So I took a job with... Uh, ECI construction, which uh, was great experience. You know, I really appreciate what the opportunity those guys gave me because I was able to close out, you know, my company. They, they let me do that, close contracts and, and um, you know, move in uh, to their company. And I started with um, the ECI group in, I think it was 2012 as an estimator. And so got in the door there, wasn't there very long and uh the individual that they had that was running their pre-construction department which was kind of their design build um leg um i think i think it's no um surprise uh e eci construction is very well known for their presence in the public sector as well so their bread and butter the bulk of their work was uh, uh you know public sector schools and and fire departments things like that and so they were trying to build up a, a design build, a private, you know, port, uh, market um, portfolio. And again, so the individual that was that was heading that up uh, moved on probably within six months of myself coming in the door. And they kind of were left with, oh, what do we do? Because nobody around here really does that or was interested in it. And I said, heck, you know, I'm, that's what I've been doing for 10 years. So I took that over. Um 
And when I when I took it over, it was a, it was very small. There's only a couple of projects that they were working on. And uh, when I when I left ECI, that that division had about a twenty one million dollar pipeline of, of work. So um, five years later, uh, I became or I was I, I quickly became the uh, their pre construction manager. And then, um, like I said, five years later, built that that whole sort of design build uh, division up for them. So. Wow. And they're doing really well with it today. Yeah. And then from there, did you go from there to Maori or, or is there any stepping stone in between? So that, that's kind of an interesting story. <laughs> I, I, uh, so I really, I really appreciated, I loved my time at ECI, um, but I had, to, I did get an offer to go to Wilson that was um, a pretty incredible offer and uh, I couldn't really turn it down for my family's sake. So I, I took that offer and decided to be a pre-construction manager for Wilson. Okay. And literally within, I think it was the second or third day I was at Wilson, I got the call from Maori. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I said, oh, you know, your timing is not good at all. I uh, just made a move and um, um, started discussions with Don and Dave Cross and and they indicated, you know, that they wanted me to run their, uh, eventually run their pre-construction department. So I, um, you know, said, okay, you know, you're 20 minutes from my house and Wilson's an hour. So I'm, I'm all ears. And anyways, we talked and it kind of, you know, it fizzled out for a while. And then six months later, sometime in July, Dave Cross called and said, you know, I, I definitely want you on board. And it was a, again a great opportunity a lot closer to home um yeah. so so i made the move and i've been here ever since wow Fire. uh what's your entire life story? construction career wrapped up in five minutes <laughs> oh i love it so i'm curious because kind of just hearing your story um i have would love to know your opinion on this so sounds like you started from a young age in construction and sometimes like when i've done you know staffing in the past people would say, you know, we want people who started from the field. We want superintendents that started from the field or project managers that started from the field. And that that's really important to them and they're really passionate about it. Do you think that that helped set you up for your career starting in that type of role? Or do you think people can kind of come in at any time? Well, there's so many facets to construction and it has gotten so complicated. It's even, it's, it's exponentially more complicated now than it was even when I started, um, just with technology and restrictions and regulations and paperwork and data. And, and um, so I guess the short answer is, I, I think, yes. I mean, I, I started because in the field and I got a really good base, you know, being with, being with even prior to um, being a laborer at, at East Coast, I was, you know, working for my dad. So you get the, the the boots on the ground perception. Um, it's it's easy to it's easy to come into I think any field at any tier right and not really have an understanding uh, a true understanding of of the tier below. You know, you're you're everybody's trying to grow their career. They 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 come into um, an industry or a, a business and and they want to move upward. And um, so from 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 my perspective, I've always had a very good understanding of, um, you know, that level or tier, 
you know, that's, that's below me. Um, being, being a carpenter, I knew what a laborer had to go through being a superintendent. I knew what, you know, carpenters have to go through and, and that just kind of carried the whole way through. And, and, um, and then, you know, getting that boots on the ground experience actually be, you know, there's not a whole lot, um, of construction that I haven't done. I mean, poured concrete, big concrete, big walls, big floors, um, set steel framed houses, um, siding, roofing, shingles, rubber. Uh, I mean, outside of maybe aluminum storefronts and some MEP work, um, there's not really much that I, I physically haven't performed. And you don't really, you don't get that out of college. You know, you don't yeah. get, most estimators don't even have that background because, you know, they, they, they come out of college understanding prints and understanding, you know, you call this sub to get that done, but don't really know how to physically do it. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's, it's made me well-rounded. I mean, I was, I have to admit, I was extremely naive when I started my uh, construction company. I thought that just because I was pretty good at being a carpenter and running work that, uh, you know, that was the easy part and got a rude awakening that it's not. Um, the management portion of construction is tenfold harder than actually just getting it done. And so, um, you know, I, I learned that through the school of hard knocks and, um, you know, had, you know, I'll admit I've had some failures in that department that, that shaped me. So, uh, you know, when I, when I did, you know, go to work for some of these larger commercial outfits, you know, I had, I also had a, a, a knowledge that not you know, when I, when I was an estimator at ECI, um, I had business ownership experience that not no other estimator there had, um, which gives you a, a different perspective on um, competitiveness, how important it is to win a job, you know. Um, just the why behind it all, like the, yeah, what all the inner working pieces of it, like when I was just an employee, now I see it from a completely different perspective of what things cost and what time costs. And yeah. And I, you know, and I think that helped accelerate me, you know, and it, it's really been when I think about it, a fairly short period that from, from when I quit my company to where I was in upper management for some of the biggest construction companies in this area, you know, it's kind of like, you know, even though my company was a, you know, legit commercial, you know, a couple million dollar company, it's kind of like going from like the senators to, you know, the big leagues to, yeah. to, for, you know, the Phillies or something. Mm -hmm. um, so when, so when I got, you know, when I, when I jumped on board with ECI and moved quickly to, like I said, to Wilson and, and, and even Mallory, I mean, Mallory's a 200, almost a $200 million company. That's, that's a whole nother level of, of, uh, of your game, but I was able to, you know, adapt and move up the ladder quickly just because of having those, you know, those hard knocks, you know, they, even though there's a couple extra zeros on the end, it's sort of still the same lessons. It's, it's the same scenarios that you have to navigate that are, that are difficult. Sure. Um, so, what so yeah. Curious and hearing, cause it's funny kind of hearing that about you, like your college experience. 
um, and what you went to school for, but you also, cause everybody's talking about that now, right? Like how expensive college is and trades people are, I'm trying to like push more people towards trades. And I guess I would love to know your opinion on it. Cause you're kind of, it sounds like you're almost the poster child of that, that you started in construction. You probably could have saved a lot of money and not gone to school. Cause you didn't end up even going into that anyway. Can you kind of speak a little bit about that? Like, did maybe, was that helpful for you still going to college or was it Kind of what's your opinion on that now that well, I'm on the fence with this one because yeah, while I'm the poster child of someone that could say, yeah, I really could have skipped that step, saved myself four years and a ton of money. Um, and, and I, and I think that that gap is getting bigger now, um, especially with, you know, the expenses are continuing to climb. Um, and, but, but uh I also learned a lot in college that I don't, I'm not sure that I would have, have learned otherwise, you know, that, that independence that you get when you go to college and it's on you and you don't have, you know, a parent, you know, watching over or to lean on, um, you, you really, you know, you sprout your own legs and you sink or swim. And, and, um, you know, I did pretty well at Penn State. I could have done better uh, if I took it a little more seriously before my junior year, but uh, I still managed to squeak it out in four years, which most people, I, I guess that's something to uh, be proud of because most people- <laughs> You figured uh, out what type of alcohol you liked at Penn State. That's what was important about <laughs> going there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, and you learn to, you know, to overcome some, you know, it might not be uh, the actual content that that um, is beneficial to your career, but the process that you go through learning how to take on challenges and and overcome um, is is a uh, that's just like a personal skill that you can apply to anything. You know, just like sports, you know, you, you overcome adversity that becomes a, a a tool that you keep in your your you know your toolbox. So. Yeah. So again, I'm kind of on the fence, you know, if, if, if my, if my child came to me and said, Hey, I want to go to college and my major is going to be underwater basket weaving. I'm going to say, e -e, let's uh, <laughs> just not go that route. I think you can probably do better because you're going to spend a bunch of money that you are not going to be able to uh, repay. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there are, there are, um, you know, there's a ton of majors. There's a ton of, 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 you know, majors that you can pursue that will help you in any arena, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence with that one. I think it would be case by case. Yeah. What about, so if you wanted to, you said you were into recreation park management and then giant stadiums and things like that. Does any part of you ever kind of miss like wish or just wonder, not even wish that you went into it, but do you ever wonder what you could have done with it? Or, um, you know, I, I did early on, you know, when I, when I was in my twenties, you know, cause again, I think every young guy has like this dream of being a rock star, you know, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Um, you know, but, but I, uh, it, it didn't take me long so two things. I, I love construction. I didn't realize that I loved it as much as I do um, back then. I love music and I love construction and um, I was good at it. You know, I I've always, it's always come naturally to me, but when I, you know, somewhere in my late twenties, when I really fully embraced that, I, I love figuring problems out and there's always problems in, in construction um, on the front end and pre-construction 
was actually getting it built. You know, I love that challenge. I love that it's different day to day. You could take the exact same building and build it right beside it, you know, two in a row and they never, it's the same thing, but it will be completely different. They're, they're, they're th every job is a thumbprint. It will never be the same. And if I had to do something that was the same thing every day, I would, I would, ugh, would not do well. <laughs> so that's a double-edged sword too, because, you know, I'm, I'm sure my wife would be the first one to tell you that that's like my first complaint is, oh, the pressure, this is always so uh, difficult. Why can't anything be easy? So I guess maybe I'm my own hypocrite. No, I think that's pretty common in construction. It's exciting, but then it's also, oh, I thought I had this job. Oh, or, you know, ups and downs. it's like a roller coaster, but I've also worked jobs that were, it's not like a complete roller coaster, but there are some like highs and lows for sure. Absolutely. But you know, when you're, when you're done with a construction uh, project, there's no greater feeling knowing that you've left a mark that's going to be there forever, you know, um, well, I mean, not forever, but until they knock for a, very it long time, yeah, a very long time, you can drive past something and really have pride. It's almost like having trophies on your shelf um, that don't ever get dusty. You drive by and, and you recall the experience and you recall the people. And um, it's just it's pretty rewarding in that sense, I think. That's cool. What was your favorite project you've ever worked on? Ooh, that's a ever. Or at least the first one that popped into your head. Um, you know, I guess. So one that pops into my head is uh, a house that I built. It was a huge house. It was probably 15,000 square foot home. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to do it because I thought it was out of my league. I mean, this thing is like was a mansion. And I mean, the roof lines looked like, you know, uh, a desert. They're just a thousand planes. And um, it was very, very complex. And uh, I didn't want to do it. And, and the owner talked, kind of talked me into it. And he, I'm, I'm a sports guy too. You know, I love football, played football, wrestled. And, and he said, I thought you were a wrestler. Wrestlers don't turn down challenges. And I laughed. And so, he, uh, you know, I, I went home that night and I was like, yeah, I, I don't turn down challenges. I don't do that. And so I told him I would do it. And then I, I immediately regretted doing that. Um, but it, we did it. Uh, it was, it was a, it was an awesome project. It was extremely challenging and, um, you know, it was fairly early on in, in my career at, at my own construction company. I was just pretty proud that I figured out how to get through that and, and made some money. So, uh, it was a fun project. I like that one. Is that house still around? Is it still? Oh yeah, yeah. It's right across the street from our members' first project that we're doing right now. Oh, the irony! Oh, that's amazing. All right, very cool. How did? How was that being like an employee going and being an owner and then going back to an employee? I feel like my perception of that is like a hard process. But how was that for you? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie that you know closing the doors on my company wasn't, um, a pretty hard hit to my ego. Um, you know, I, I was pretty proud of what I had built, um, in that short period of time. And I, I weathered the, the worst of, uh, that 0809, you know, storm, 
Um, but, but it just, uh, you know, there were, there was a, a mounting circumstances that, that, uh, some, some beyond my control and, you know, some that I could have, I could have done better at. Um, and, but it was ultimately a decision for my family. And so I felt good that I was making the right decision, uh, for my family, but yeah, it was, it was tough, uh, to let that go. Um, but now looking back on all of it, uh, I just, uh, I, I love, I'm so thankful for the whole journey because um, I'm exactly where I, I want to be. Uh, you know, I, I will say though, as, as upset as I was about leaving, you know, leaving my company behind, you know, I had always looked up to ECI Construction as one of the big boys, Maori, both of them. Um, and so to, to say that you uh, left the captain of the team for the, you know, uh, like a Millersville football team, and then, you know, you say you're, you're going to, you know, be a starting outside backer at, at the Steelers. Uh, there was some excitement around that too. So, um, so I liked it, you know, and, and, you know, ECI is a great, great company. You know, I, I can't, can't say enough things about Bill and, and Scotty and the family. They're, they're just, they're just great guys, great people. They, they gave me a great opportunity and, and I never, I never disliked um, going back to being an employee. You know, I just, I'm very competitive. And so, um, any situation I'm in, I'm just, you know, I'm always pushing myself to do, do it the best I can. I have, I don't, I don't even know if it, it might not even be healthy <laughs> because if I make a spreadsheet to, uh, to, uh, keep track of something today and, and, in, in, in a week, I, I need the same spreadsheet to do something else. Like I have to do it faster. So oh. I'll, I'll like, it's just a personal thing. Like if I did it, if I already did it once, I should be able to do it faster or it should look better or it should be, um, lengthier, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm always just trying to one up myself and anybody around me. I don't know why. Well, that's probably, I imagine. So you were an athlete. So I imagine that has everything to do with being an athlete or it's just, yeah, I'm sure it's rooted in that, but I, I think it's probably just in my blood maybe. Part of your DNA. I try not to, but when I'm in, you know, when we when we estimate, you know, it's for me. I, I treat every estimate as if it's a if it's a football game and it's the championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, what about your kids? You said you have a couple kids. Are is are any of them taking an interest in construction at all? Or uh, they're still pretty young. Um, my girls are 11 and 13, sixth and seventh grade. And my, uh, my son is 15. He's in ninth grade. And, um, you know, we're having discussions with him about what he wants to do. And, and obviously the girls that they want to do, but I mean, good God, I didn't know what I wanted to do at 22. So, um, I'm trying to guide them a little better than, uh, than I was, but, um, you know, my son's shown, he's brought it up a couple of times. Um, but I'm trying not to force it or push it. You know, I want it to be their journey. Um, he's talking about, you know, maybe West Point or a Naval Academy um, career as well, um, maybe coupled with engineering so that when he's done with it, he can transition. But, uh, you know, just kind of trying to let that work organically happen. If, if they end up in construction, uh, I guess that's okay. I can't say that I endorse it. It's pretty pretty rough industry. Yeah. Especially in this area. It's tough. Have you, and you've always been in this area then with all the different jobs. Yeah. 
I, um, I grew up in just outside of Carlisle and Bowling Springs is where I went to high school. In fact, oh. I still live in about wow. two miles. Right. You never went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever live anywhere else? No. Uh, I mean, other than state college, no. Yeah. Oh my Always been. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, what does Maori have going on? Any projects you want to tell people about or any exciting things going on on your end? I, I mean, we're on fire, um, which is which is awesome. We're building um, uh, just south of the two million square foot warehouse in Shippenburg, uh, which is awesome. Um, Walmart's moving into that that building. So a uh, big player there. And, and that that when you walk that job or you're around that job, it's just uh, pretty overwhelming, the, the stock, just the magnitude. So that's pretty cool. We're, we're doing um, members first. Uh, Federal Credit Union is uh, building a new headquarters off of Worksville Road. And that project's in full swing. And you can see it from I-81 uh, going either direction um, on, the, on the, be the east side of, of, of I-81. So that's a that's an awesome project too. Uh, just just a lot of really neat finishes and uh, the the center of that uh, well, the main entrance there is like three stories tall and we just got done setting all the steps in there. Uh, it's just pretty wild. It's, it's impressive. So I would say those two are marquee jobs. You know we we have again a lot of stuff going on, but those two seem to be the uh, the pinnacles at the moment. Yeah. Everybody always talks about the members first. That was a big job. That was a big one to win. So that's awesome. I just, you know, a lot, I'm thankful for a lot of uh, our clients too. You know, uh, Cross Keys is a, as a, as a client, uh, Cross Keys Village down in Hanover, they, uh, you know, that they just continually uh, trust Maori and, and, and give us uh, a lot of their, you know, a lot of their work. And so, uh, it might not be as marquee of a job, but it's certainly a marquee client. So yeah. shout out to uh, Cross Keys for being such a great partner. We, we love them, but Cross about 76% of our, of our, uh, of our work is repeat clients. Um, so that, I think that's a great place to be. That's good to hear. Is there, or I guess not to get really harped on Maori, but are there specific type of clients that you notice that you guys do really, really well with that, you imagine or you're going to have moving forward or they're ones that you typically type to target? I mean, we target our, uh, we have target markets. Um, I, I wouldn't, I don't know that we specifically target a, but a good partners, a I guess, good partners for Maori. What do they look like? Uh, you know, a good partner for Maori is a, is a, a uh, an individual or maybe a, a group of individuals who, um, who continually uh, build right uh, any a, a repeat customer is someone who's gonna you know build over and over again you know that one-time person although we, we work for plenty of uh, folks who have a need for a building and that's going to be their lifetime building and it's one and done and, and you know certainly we appreciate appreciate these opportunities but complete euphoria is someone who's gonna you know continually grow so you know obviously developers are are uh, in that you know, in that arena because they're constantly, you know, getting, you know, acquiring properties or acquiring land and, you know, uh, re doing repeat work. So that's, that's great for us. You know, we have, we have a good uh, market in the auto dealership. 
Um, there's auto guys, you know, they, they're constantly refreshing their brands and, and um, adding locations. So that's, that's a, a great market for us as well. You know, urban redevelopment is great as, as well. You know, you know, as much as I like doing big, fresh new projects, you know, as my uh, major would suggest being in um, recreation and park management, I, I do have a love for the outdoors and the environment. So it does take a little piece in me every time I, I uh, fill a greenfield with, with a building. Um, so anytime I can, you know, reuse uh, a building or reuse the location, um, that always feels really good to me. Oh, I love that. And I just thought of a question that just came into my head. So for people that maybe are younger folks that are trying to get into construction or somebody who's maybe uncertain about like their construction careers, if you could kind of look back and tell the younger Seth tips or like, Hey, just to give you a heads up, you know, or what, what is something that I guess you would tell the younger 15 year old Seth when he was just getting into construction? Um, hmm, that's a really good question. Well, one thing that pops into my mind um, is I, I think when I was younger, there was always just this uh, race to get into the office because maybe office people make the most money or um, that management makes the most money. There is extremely, extremely lucrative positions in construction in the field. Mm -hmm. You can make very good money, make very good uh, living uh, in the field and some field positions as it, it are more than an office position or, or plenty. Um, so young folks that, you know, um, maybe Votech uh, uh, type students who are just more hands-on people, there is a starving need for those people in this industry. And they're making more and more every day. Superintendents, you know, if, if you have a great knowledge base and can and can lead a team in the field, you can do wonderfully for yourself and you don't have to go to college. You can get that skill, boots on the ground, just, just charge it tough, um, you know, show leadership and, and you'll, you'll do well and you don't have to be, you know, I, I've met a lot of people in this industry and I was that way early on. Like I could never see myself in a suit and tie in an office. I don't want, I'm not that kind of a guy. And a lot of people just aren't that, and you you can um, you can really grow, and 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 there's a the sky's the limit, and you don't have to go that route. Yeah, and you are still an office guy, and you I've never seen you in a suit and tie. I don't think. I feel like all because <laughs> yeah, I don't like you were in a flannel. Like Bill would show up all fancy in his little you know three piece suit, and you're in a flannel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know Dave Cross has told me sometimes he likes to you know, likes me to be a little more polished. And I do, I do try to polish up when it's important, but if I have my, my choice, it's a, it's a hat and a flannel and a pair of boots probably. Well, that's just you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's just you. Well, good. All right. Let's take him out. What'd you say? I said, you can dress him up, but you can't take him out. Well, you just have to be in the right crowd. That's so funny. All right. So do you do you, the music thing I'm interested in too? Do you play musical instruments or is it just like you're like listening to music or what do you? I do play. I do play. Uh, I would say my best instrument is six string guitar, but I, I have drums and 
faces and I think I have well they're hanging behind me I got my well we my, can't see it because but I probably have seven or eight guitars hanging over there oh my gosh were you ever in a band yeah. fun fact uh, yeah I mean nothing ever real official but I mean yeah plenty of bands band. yeah garage bands you know um I like to hunt and fish too so I spend a lot of if, I, if I'm not um you know, working, I'm usually in the woods or on the water somewhere. Oh, awesome. All right. So for everybody listening, if you want Seth Hughes to hang out with you, take him to a concert, take him hunting, take him fishing, Do you yeah, fishing or buy him a boat. <laughs> yeah. Anybody that wants to be listening that wants to buy me a boat, you're welcome. You are more than welcome to buy Seth Hughes a boat. Oh gosh, well thanks, Seth. What about if somebody wants to get in touch with you, or they want to get in touch with Maori, or they want to hear more about your story? How should they go about doing that? Uh, I'm I'm on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. I don't really have a strong presence on the other social media platforms, just because I don't have the energy to keep up with that. But um, you mean you're yeah, not you on can... Twitter? I, I mean, I think I have a Twitter account, but I don't know the last time I opened it up. To be perfectly honest with you. Oh, gosh. All right. So they can yeah. get in touch with you. Yeah, if you want to find me on, on LinkedIn, hit me up. Um, I'd be happy to, to chat. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Seth. Do you have anything else that you want to drop on here today before we get going? No, Kristen, just really appreciate you uh, giving me the invite. And um, you're, you're, uh, for those of you that don't know, Kristen does a lot of uh, BD work for Maori and uh, and also some talent acquisition recruiting. So uh, we just appreciate your effort and you're doing an awesome job and we're happy to be a partner with Craig. Well, thank you. You guys are good partners too. Don't make me cry. Well, thanks, Seth. Uh, have a good rest of your day. All right, you too. See ya. Want to follow along? Be sure to subscribe to listen to our latest episodes.